You are listening to Let It Fly, episode 13. I am your host, Aaron Makem, and I had previously recorded an episode and ultimately ended up being unhappy with it. So I'm starting again, and in the time frame since I recorded that and this one, um, a couple of other things caught my eye I wanted to discuss, and uh, one of the topics uh, that that I uh, wanted to discuss was I talk, talk a bit about buying digital comics and comicsology, and I think we all, um, in the area of discovering new things, um, whether it be uh, movies, TV, comics, music, um, especially music, um, I, I always think that it's kind of difficult to find uh, new things out there that we might like and, and find a, a way to uh, come across those. And, you know, obviously, uh, Comixology, I, I think that, you know, not only do they have a submit program and they have a lot of uh, independent stuff coming in, and there's also other comic programs out there as well. Um, I just use Comixology only because I get a regular email from them. So if something comes up, if there's a sale or something like that, you know, they send out an email. And I like to go to the site periodically and look for sales. Um, I find myself buying a... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not afraid to admit this. I am lazy enough that I will buy a digital comic for 99 cents that I already own on paper because I want to read it again, um, which happened recently with the uh, the Final Crisis stuff. There were uh, several books that I have, and um, I ended up uh, buying like uh, 20 books because um, I just wanted to have digital versions that I can look over. And I really do like the, the panel by panel and the high res scans of them and give me a chance to go back and reread them. Um, of course with me, I read final crisis, um, did not love final crisis. Um, I enjoyed it, but I felt that things kind of got convoluted and I kind of got lost along the way. Um, so that was one of the, the many things that I bought, but one of the, and during looking at the sales, on Comixology, I came across uh, they had a a bundle of uh, their uh, submitted books. It was only like three dollars, and I think you got like twenty books. Well, that that's a heck of a good deal, and I couldn't pass it up. I was like, well, you know, I, I want to look through here. You know, I have no, uh, I, I like small press books. I like independent books, and um, there's a lot of small press stuff out there that doesn't go through Image or IDW or some of the other independent companies that um, have a little more push behind them. So these books are hard to get discovered. And so through the process, I I figured I'd buy these, download them, and then when I get an opportunity, I would read them. And if follow-up issues were inexpensive enough, I I don't have a problem paying a higher price for an independent book. What I have a problem is paying like $4 for like a Marvel or DC digital book. Um, It's just, you know, my personal preference, you know, independent guys gonna need a little bit more money than the big two do. So, um, you know, and I, I figure I'll wait for sales on some of that other stuff. And, you know, the fact is, um, during the course of, of all of this, you know, comic reading and buying and, and finally having an opportunity to sit down and read some books, we've had a lot of rain. So I've had a lot of, uh, a little bit of downtime here and there. And um, the reality is, is normally I read all my comics on my iPad, but with my phone, the screen's big enough that if I buy the comicsology stuff and do the panel by panel stuff, then I can actually, uh, if I get five minutes um, waiting for somebody in a store, picking the kids up or whatever, I can read a couple panels and, and you know, uh, be able to get through a book, hopefully in a day, if at all possible. But I, I lucked out with this uh, $3 purchase of all these comics because I came across some books that I, I just never would have discovered them otherwise. Uh, you know, I would have had to wait till 
um, they popped up on a podcast or something like that. And, um, the, you know, the reality is, is that, um, the podcasts that I haven't found, I haven't found a good, um, small press, like independent podcast that looks at these books, the books that are easy to come by. Um, there's, there's a few small press podcasts out there, um, that I'll listen to where somebody will mention something they picked up at a convention, but I'm not going to be able to pick that up. And I'm not going to, um, you know, even if the book is a couple bucks, well, then by the time you figure in shipping and everything else, it just becomes more of a hassle than it's worth to be getting books from all these different places. So the Comixology and the other apps, I don't want to just, you know, there are other apps out there. Um, There's Comics Plus and the Dark Horse has an app. I mean, a lot of other apps out there that have, uh, you know, independent books now that you have you can have the opportunity to read. But I wanted to, to share some of these. I'm just going to go over them kind of quickly. Um, the one, I think I read about 10 of the books. Um, what some of the books that I that I really enjoyed um, was um, Charles Forsham's Revenger, which is not, I, I just, the art is not... Uh, super fantastic. Um, it's not, you know, I'm not knocking it by any means, but I know that some people want, uh, fully developed artwork with fully developed backgrounds, which this does not have, but the artwork does serve the purpose, which is to tell the story. Um, and the story is we meet a character. I'm trying to do these as spoiler free, um, as I can while selling the book to you. So hopefully you'll give it an opportunity to go and uh, pick it up. Um, but you have a character, we're not exactly sure of their background. This character, um, I, I guess that the idea is that somebody calls and leaves a message and that if they're in trouble and kind of like a, uh, uh, if you've ever seen the show Vengeance Unlimited, um, or Vengeance Incorporated, um, it's a lot like that. They call the person, the person comes in, kind of like the Equalizer, right? But, um, nowhere near as clean cut. And, you know, the idea is they come in and they find out what's going on. They help this person out. So somebody would be kidnapped. The person would come in and rescue the child, but probably kill everybody else in the process. But the art services the story very well. It definitely tells the story, moves it along. And um, it is, uh, as far as I know, I looked at it last night. I think there's only one other issue out. So there's only two issues thus far. And I will be picking them up. But I'm going to, uh, I, I've kind of made a deal with myself that I have a backlog Enough of a backlog of comic books that I have got to read what I have before I continue buying. Um, it, the problem is, is that when it comes to um, some of the bigger titles out there, when there's a sale, I tend to pick them up on sale. Um, and but with this independent stuff, the prices stay around two bucks a book. So I will, I will kind of wait until I get kind of caught up for the most part, unless the stories really grab me and I'm like, ah, you know, I'll go ahead and grab this. Um, the second book that I read. I wasn't sure. Um, it's called by pub. It's by Publish Enemies. I'm trying to read this without my glasses. It's called Daglo. It's by uh, David Hahn, and I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of this. You know, in, in Comicsology, you have like a series graphic, and then you have the actual graphic of the cover of the book. So, like the uh, the series graphic, I'm not exactly sure if that was like a uh, how that works. But with this one, it was different. It was like of an angry monkey, and then um, when you clicked on it, and it comes to the series itself. I have issue one of Dayglow, and the cover is different. Um, Dayglow is uh, a book. There's a, there's two more issues I know because I purchased them. Um, this is before I made a deal with myself. Okay, cut me some slack, and I'm kind of eager to, to read more of it. Um, the idea is here is that there is a uh, there's a it starts out like very 
mundane, very uh, Peter Parker like character. You know, kind of a guy. Just you know, not that he's not that he's a genius or anything, but um, doing what needs to be done, getting on his scooter, going to work. We find out that there's some kind of super flu um, going around. He works at a company that is working on um, possibly the cure for this. Um, he gets to work. He meets a man, his boss. Um, I don't know if it's his directly his boss, but a higher up person. And um, they start having a discussion about luck, and he gives him an envelope, tells him his lottery tickets. Very quickly after, choppers come in, and they are dividing the people up. If they're part of Project Dayglow, they go one place. If they're not, they go to another chopper. Well, the kid realizes um, after he walks away, his boss jumps off the, the building and kills himself. Um, the kid realizes that he gave, gave him his Project Dayglow badge. So he is... Um, he goes to this special area, and we realize, um, you know, this this is kind of spoiling issue issue one, but I kind of need to give the information in order for people to be able to uh, to kind of jump in. But I'm I'm real excited. I like these kind of stories. Um, you know, I'm I'm very uh, they they appeal to me in a lot of ways. And the idea is that they go to this bunk underground bunker where um, the people are going to sleep for um, a couple of years, and by then. The virus will have done whatever it is. It will fight the people out, but it will also burn itself out. Um, they realize there's no way to beat this virus, but um, they've run all the numbers and it'll burn itself out. And, and like there's there's thousands of these pods, and they will be they'll, you know they'll be in charge of repopulating humanity or whatever. And obviously, the people were picked for whatever skills, um, whatever skill set. Um, at least I, I, I'm led to believe that it doesn't really tell me why the people were picked. Um, but I assume it's for whatever skill set that they had. And so this kid ends up, who <laughs> so doesn't really, he just lucked out. Um, and they go in these pods and, and we find out the, the way that the issue um, continues is basically, you know, the pods, uh, there's a malfunction and some of the uh, the Marines get out and realize that some of the pods have malfunctioned, some of the people have died. And so they're going through and opening up the rest of the pods. They think it's like, um, that something happened. It's only been, you know, a few days or a few years or whatever. And they find out at the end when they go out that it's been a, a very, very long time because things are in ruins. Um, I love the art of this book. Um, very well done um, all across the board, you know, finished backgrounds, all that. I lo- absolutely love the story. The name of the book is Dayglo. I try to make sure when I'm doing a review, I say the name over and over again so people have the opportunity because I'm really crummy about show notes. But if anybody wants to know anything I talked about, feel free to email me because I will. Uh, I-, I love this independent stuff. There's just so many good books out there. Um, to pick through, but I, I'm really liking this. I'm a, I'm a science fiction nut. I love this stuff. Yeah, we've seen this a thousand times, but that doesn't matter. It's uh, for me, I, I, it's all about the characters and you know how they deal with this. But I'm real curious, and and I realized that there were two more issues out there, so I snatched those up, but I have not read those yet. Um, the third book um, by Burley Man Entertainment is called Doc Frankenstein. Um, now the the uh, really enjoyed the art in this book. Um, it's kind of fitting. The story was very uh, reminiscent of um, Silver Age stuff, where um, early Silver Age stuff, I felt this way the storytelling was done. It was very compressed. It moved very quickly. Um, and basically, Doc Frankenstein is like a Frankenstein monster. In the beginning, he's saving the White House from a monster. And very quickly, we travel to... Um, you know, his headquarters, which is a huge establishment. Um, 
and there are a lot of people there, uh, you know, working. It's a regular office building or whatever, and um, we're, we don't quite have all the information yet, but the way that the issue ends, and I said this is, this is a very quick read, very quick to the end, um, the way the issue um, ends is that um, there seems to be, uh, I don't know if they're Catholic type people or whatever, but they're trying to take out um, these people. And so they're launching a, a, a full Air, Air Force attack on them. And that's kind of how it ends. So I, I plan on picking up the next issues and, and reading the story. But I'm a Frankenstein nut. So I'm kind of a sucker for this. And I was kind of excited that this is included in the bundle. I did enjoy it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of wish to, I'm kind of hoping with the next book we get more background on the character. Um, but, you know, uh, if, for what it is, again, you've seen this thing before, a secret society that does things that, you know, maybe under the radar or um, that aren't known by the general public or whatever. Um, in this case, you know, it seems as though that they are well known. Um, but, uh, they they have a, this a certain purpose. We haven't decided what it all is yet, but hopefully that'll all be revealed to us as time goes on. The uh, the next book that I got, and again I, I found. I mean, there's been more books that I've enjoyed. There's been some that just I that I just did not like or just were not did not appeal to me. Um, and uh, but I, I'm slowly making my way through them a little bit of time. But you know, here's the thing. It was four bucks. Or three, it was three or four bucks. I can't remember how, but I mean, for and I don't even know if it's still available. I kind of hope that they do. Man, if they did one of these a week um, or one of these a month, it would be well worth it. But the the book is called Exterminate, and um, I do not see a um, I don't see a comics company on this. Um, but uh, I'm I this basically this girl's having dreams. This guy comes into her life that can read dreams. They hook themselves up. Um, it's kind of got a comic. Or it's got a. It's got a little bit of a cartoony style. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but I'm like, oh, you know, I'll try. I mean, you never know what you're going to come across, right? So, I, uh, I went through, and 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 the, the idea here is that he is helping her to figure out why she's having this nightmare. Um, he comes into the nightmare with her and, and explains to her that, you know, things, she can make these things be real. And if they're killed in a nightmare, then they're killed in real life. Again, we've seen that a lot of times. But it's just the banter back and forth, the characters and the dialogue that they have back and forth. And um, I, I love, as far as an issue one's concerned, this was a this was like a five-star issue one when it comes to storytelling. And like I said in the past, I'm a huge fan of storytelling. If you have a crappy story, I'm out, even if you have fantastic art. Um, if you have crappy art, it's got to be really bad if you have a solid story for me to be out. Um, this had art that I liked, and it had a, the number one issue uh, for a number one. There wasn't like a cliffhanger or anything. Um, the way that it works is they do this. They take care of, of her dreams. We're introduced to the characters. We get a pretty good background about the characters. And at the end of the book, the idea is that they're going to start their own business. And this is what they're going to do. He has the ability to get into the dreams and help people out. She has the ability to run a business. And so, you know, they come up with, uh, you know, the company and that's just kind of how it ends. And I, re I really enjoyed that. I thought it was, uh, it was just uh, put together really well for a number one issue, and I'm kind of anxious to see what else comes from that. Um, and again, you know, I have no problem buying. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll spend three bucks on a on a 
independent book, these people are just trying to make a living. And if they have a good story, they have a good story. You know, um, I think with comic books, um, and I've said this in the past, you know, one of the things that, that, um, I think that people forget about is telling a story. You know, you have, um, you know, all these companies come up and they promote what their thing is, but they forget to say, oh yeah, and we're going to tell good stories. Because I don't care what your thing is, what what agenda you're pushing. And, and there's a lot of these companies have an agenda to push, whether it's political or something else. Um, you can push whatever you want, but tell me a good story. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't need to be, I don't, I don't care about, you know, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to make these comic books and, and, you know, we're going to hire, you know, when we do our books, we're going to print it on, you know, tree bark to save the environment. That's all right. I don't care. I just want to know if you're going to, if you're going to tell me a good story because I could care less about anything else. If it's not something that, that attracts my attention or, or keeps me reading, then everything else is pointless. And um, these books all do that job of telling that story, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. So if you have the opportunity to investigate these, I think that they're well worth your money. They're well worth your time. It was Exterminate, Doc Frankenstein, Dayglow, and Revenger. Um, something else I also read this week. Um, I, th- I think I, I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast. You know, I know that the thing to do these days um, is when a comic book company isn't doing what you want them to do, um, I know it's, you know, the thing to do is to go on Facebook and have that, that nerd rage and bitch and moan and complain about how they're not doing what you, and they're ruining your, your whole world and raping your childhood. And, and, you know, you have to go on and on about it and make it as dramatic as any teenage girl could. Um, and for me, I, I just don't, you know, like I, I don't weigh in on these topics very often because, um, I, again, it comes back to story with me. You know, the new 52 started up and I was pretty pumped to try something new. Um, after sampling several of the books, um, there weren't very many um, that were, um, that, that really appealed to me. And it wasn't, it didn't have, had nothing to do with them rebooting or anything like that. I just, I just didn't like the stories. Um, I didn't complain about it. I didn't bitch about it. Because the reality is, is that, you know, DC Comics has, thousands of issues that I've never read. And so for me, it became an opportunity since I didn't have to worry about what was coming up next to go back and start reading some of this stuff um, that I haven't had the opportunity to read. Um, You know, I've been lucky in a couple instances when I've gone to the comic shop and been able to pick up a few issues of stuff here and there just randomly with no agenda. I don't go with an agenda of like, I want to get a run. I want to get... uh, I want to get a certain writer. I want to get a certain artist. It just I, I want to go and pick up a cheap comic and not have to worry about all that and just read it for what it is. Um, hopefully, it's not continued and I have to go find a second book if I really like it or not. But if it is, it doesn't bother me. I just kind of I'm just trying to kind of roll with it and enjoy it. Um, but during this process, you know, with with digital uh, comics out there, I'm also able to pick up a few things here and there as well. And you know, with a couple of the sales been going on, I've been picking stuff over over time. And you know, you have a character like the Flash. Flash is one of my favorite characters. Um, I have I'm lucky if I've read ten percent of the Flash comics out there. Um, you know, I, I've read I was up caught up with the New Fifty Two, the the reboot before that I read. Um, but I, I like, you know, a lot of the classic stuff, even, even some of the, uh, early Silver Age stuff. Sometimes that stuff can be kind of rough to read. Sometimes it's just, it can be, uh, real cheesy, but, 
Um, the one thing I, I've been liking about some of the older Flash comics um, is that it seems as though the comics uh, always have a rhythm. Where, like, in the beginning, you have Barry and Iris having a discussion, and then you have um, the action and everything in the middle, and then at the end, you have Barry and Alan. Uh, Barry and Iris having a discussion about maybe what had happened or what we didn't know. And I kind of enjoy that rhythm. Now, keep in mind, if I had to read like 10 or 15 of these in a row, my brain would probably melt. But I just tend to pepper them in there and and just read one here or there. And um, the one thing I can say about um, these older books is, man, uh, the artists were just out of this world. I mean, they knew how to... um, you know, I know that we have some fantastic art now, but these guys knew how to do backgrounds. It's like they, they weren't, and as you, the more you read, the more you, this, this jumps out at you that um, the background is busy. It's got something going on, you know, for the most part. There's not just like the main character, you know, it's not just a series of like pinups or um, great action scenes or things like that. Um, and they're able to, to move the story forward as well with the art. You know, I, I, one of the things I like to do every now and then is when I read a book and if I'm really... Um, and we're not talking. We're not talking like, oh my God, this is this is like a great pinup or this is a great uh, scene. It's just it's just well done art. It's not. Um, I don't know how to say it without without sounding insulting because it's not what I mean at all. But it's mundane, and and because of that, it works so well. And I think people forget um, that there's so much pressure to sell a book and to market a book. They forget that mundane things can be okay if you're drawing somebody you know, um, doing something in a kitchen, you know, you might want to have, you know, a cereal box in the background or a flower or a flower vase or something like that. And, and like, I, I tend to, when I'm reading these things now, I'm noticing this stuff and, and it's just kind of interesting that they really can fill out a panel. It's like, everything's there and you look and you realize exactly how much, uh, how much effort and work had to go into that. Anyway, with all that being said, um, I read flash 193, which has captain cold in it. And, um, you know, I, there's, there's a, there's a gigantic plot hole in this book that nobody ever mentions. Um, but the idea here is that Captain Cold helps these guys, these seasoned criminals escape from prison. Right. And we don't really see it right. We don't really see it happen, but he is able to give them their youth back using this, the one gun he has. So he makes them younger, but they have all their memories, and so they're seasoned veterans. And his, the whole idea here is he's pursuing um, a movie star who's probably in her 70s now, and um, he's in love with her, and he wants to marry her. And so he's able to, she's a, she's a recluse, so he's able to find her, um, who's, a, I think this is like a takeoff on like Garbeau, um, and so he, he is able to find her. He shoots her with his gun, gives her a youth back, and then gives her all these, he has these criminals steal all these really rare items um, as wedding gifts. You know, like these one-of-a-kind things or super expensive things. Like he gives her like a long mink coat, um, long-haired mink. It's the one-of-a-kind. He gives this great big giant jewel for her, for her ring and all this stuff goes on, right? Well, the Flash... Um, gets caught up in this, obviously, since the book is called The Flash. Um, he tries to stop um, some of the guys that are that are committing the robbery, and they shoot him with this gun that makes him vibrate really fast. He's having trouble, and the problem is when he's punching the guys, his fists are going through them. He's They're like in another dimension, so he has to slow himself down in order to take them all out. He continues uh, 
pursuing Captain Cold, and Captain Cold has a brand new gun that's absolute, you know, zero, sub-zero or whatever. So he shoots him, and what happens is that he shoots him up against the wall, and the flash comes apart. He's like in pieces, his arms and legs and head and everything are separate, and he's... And so Captain Cold, you know, apparently already has a frame ready for this because in moments he frames this this sculpture of the Flash, you know, and hangs it on the wall. While he's trying to call the Justice of Peace to get uh, so him and the him and his his lady can get married, and he uh, inadvertently calls Heat Wave. So. Heatwave comes in and he's showing him, you know, he's like, you know, I finally got him. You know, he's like, I didn't, I don't know why I called you. I was a, I must have, you know, mistakenly did it, but I must have wanted to brag. And, you know, I finally got the flash. You know, here he is. He's hanging on the wall. You know, he was my, you know, nemesis and, and we took him out or I took him out. And of course, Heatwave, um, although he's enjoying, you know, the fact that the flash is down for the count, once that one last shot, he's like, I can't help myself. I have to shoot him with my heat gun. I can't, I can't not do this. So, of course, he shoots him, and that allows, you know, the Flash to, you know, become whole again. And then we have this great bit of art that I really like. And I, 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 it must be, you know, last episode I talked about getting older, but I swear to God it's an old age thing. Because when you were a kid, you just, you didn't look at these little mundane things. But I love this, this scene. It's a one-page scene of the Flash you know, flying around and punching and hitting them and everything. And I must examine this page for like five minutes of like he's karate chopping and punching and everything. And just how much time and effort we've taken to draw this thing and, and put it together. And, you know, when you, you know, you, you're reading this book, of course, you know, we're over now. We, we tend to, I don't know, I tend to kind of speed through some of the Silver Age stuff because you get, you know, you, you read it, you move to the next panel, you know, it's, it's pretty quick stuff. But in this case, it took some time to, to look at it. Anyway, I'm not sure why I'm even bringing that up. Anyway, um, so he, he, you know, takes him out. And then um, he's talking to Iris at the end. And he's like, you know, uh, you know I can't, you know, I, I don't, whatever happened to the woman, you know, the famous movie star. And she's like, well, you know, I followed up with her. Because the thing is, is Iris knows where she lives because she did a, did a story on her. And that's why Captain Cold came into play because he was trying to, He's talking to Iris to, to find out where she was at. And, you know, she was he pretend to be somebody else. And she wouldn't tell him. But anyway, she's like, well, I, I did a follow-up because I wanted to see what her thoughts were on this whole story. Um, so what we find out is, is that this woman, um, growing old was such a hard thing for her since she was known for being young and beautiful and everything, that even though she's young now, she, you know, goes out of her way to dress up like an old woman. You know, she puts makeup on to make herself look old. She puts an old gray wig on. And, you know, Barry wants to see her. He's like, I just want to, you know, I, I would like to see her. And she's like, well, maybe we can. So they go to the movie theater, and here she's the woman in a ticket booth. And, of course, you know, he doesn't say that he knows who she is or anything, but um, he sees, and he's like, well, you know, that's, she's quite a woman, and, you know, I'm not sure how she's quite a woman because she can't mentally deal with the fact that she's younger now and has to dress like an old person. I I just think that means you're kind of unhinged. But hey, that's just me. It's a comic book. I'm not going to get worked up about it. But um, so the final scene is like Iris and, and Barry, they're driving and he, she's like, you know, what I don't understand is how, you know, why, you know, he called Heat Wave. And so, you know, Barry's like, well, you know, um, I was still conscious in that painting, and he's like, and I just kept thinking as hard as I could for him to call him, 
And she's like, well, you know, I guess that makes sense. And that's the end of the story, you know. Nobody ever brings up the fact that Captain Cold has the ability to make people younger. <laughs> this story goes on and it never, and I'm like, out of this whole story, nobody brings the fact that he has discovered the fountain of youth. That he can shoot people with his gun and they, they are young and they don't, you know, they retain all their memories this this never comes up, and I'm thinking this this whole book, and we have scientists and stuff in here, and nobody says, "Wow, we don't need any of this other stuff because with this ability, we can be gazillionaires." Captain Cold would never have to rob anything ever again because he had just made himself the richest person in the entire world with this ability. But nobody brings that up, and I just thought it was kind of funny that you know that's how the story goes. Finally, um, last, last bit of comic talk, I swear. I wasn't going to talk this long, but I, I've just been reading a lot of stuff, and I'm, getting, uh, I'm really enjoying uh, being able to kind of jump around. Um, Gem and Holograms. I've been waiting for this comic book, and those of you that laugh, well, clearly you're evil and you hate fun. Um, but anyway, uh, Gem and Holograms. I've been waiting for this comic since I first heard about it um, for a lot of reasons. Um, the one thing is, as I will say, is, you know, I mean, I, you know, I love Saturday morning cartoons and cartoons in general when I was a kid. And when Jim came on, you know, what it kind of attracted me to, to Jim was the fact that there was kind of music and I'm, I, they just would show snippets. I'm like, I'm, I'm intrigued. I have to watch what this show is. Clearly a show more, more, you know, aimed toward girls and fashion and things like that. But what I liked about the, the cartoon, what I thought was the most fascinating thing to me was they, they really delve... Well, they really talked about the music business in a way as a business, and they knit, and it was like it was a cartoon, and so they talked about you know record deals and the music business and people trying to be competitive in this business. You know they had the episodes, the the things that were going on were about like corruption in this business, and I just thought it was so fascinating that somebody would make a cartoon that was centered around business and not about not around. Um, you know, superheroes or things like that. I mean, obviously you had the science fiction aspect, um, but, uh, you know, I, I was, I've always been intrigued. I, by no means have I seen every episode of this show, but I've probably, I've seen numerous episodes. And when my daughter was younger and this, this first became available on um, DVD, um, I would rent it from Netflix for her to watch. And we can all sing the, th- sing, the, sing the theme song and all that stuff. And it's actually on Netflix streaming now. But it's just... Uh, it was kind of a fun show. You know, I tried to watch a couple episodes uh, again, and um, I mean, it's okay. I, I can't, you know, it's not, it doesn't have, hold the same love for me, but that's kind of, I was excited for an update. And uh, I, I made up my mind when this comic came out, I was buying a digital version of it, and I'd pay whatever the price was, which happened to be $4. Um, first $4 digital comic I bought for a single issue. Um, but it was worth it. I really enjoyed the story. I'm really enjoying the art of this book. Um, they draw young ladies like young ladies. It's so weird. Um, and I don't want to be one of those people that, you know, I, I hate when people like push the women's agenda and then they're, they like, well, you know, they're superheroes, they don't look like superheroes. And, and, and it's just like, okay, well, yeah, but it's a comic book. You know, I, I just kind of go with it. You know, the people on TV don't look like real life people either, but we don't spend days and days bitching on Facebook about it. We just watch the show and say, wow, that was a good show. Um, so I, I, mean, I, I, anyway, but the, the, the women in the band, they look like young ladies. You have, they're not, you know, six foot tall, 
skinny supermodels. Um, they have curves because, well, women are supposed to have curves. And um, I, I enjoy them. We, we've, in one issue, we've got a grasp on their personalities. Pretty, they did a really good job. Um, I really enjoyed this book. It's, it's just plain fun at this point. I, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, the way that they've kind of incorporated the story is that we have um, the lead, the, you know, the lead singer of this band, they're trying to make a video and she cannot, she has trouble singing in front of people, um, but she has a lot of talent. And we find out very quickly early on that um, this is like the third time that they have um, tried to record this music video and she is unable to perform. So it, uh, it doesn't, you know, work out and people are kind of getting frustrated with what's going on. And I don't want to give any more away than that, but, you know, obviously the fact that, you know, you know, that they're, you know, the, the cartoon was called Gem and the Holograms kind of leads you to believe that maybe they could do something to cover up her identity and she would be free to sing. I don't know. Let's find out. But I'm loving the art and I love the layouts. They did such a good job with this. Um, and, and I think that there was, you know, I can never tell with a book like this, is there a lot of pressure or not? I don't know. Um, I mean, I tend to think there's a lot of pressure with certain books, like a lot more than usual, where they're trying to, you know, like, for example, you can bet that with, you know, Marvel Star Wars books, there was a lot of pressure to get it right. Um, because Dark Horse had that license for so many years, and they did such a good job that they really wanted to get this right. And uh, so I, I don't know if there was a lot of pressure with this book or not, but I, I, I'm loving the book. Great layouts. I, I really dig the art. And I can't wait to see what uh, what else they do with it. And I hope that they keep the uh, the art the same, um, at least for the first story arc. And then, you know, kind of they can try some other. It's, it does that, that fine line between um, comic book art and kind of cartoony art. And uh, I, I, that's the best that I can explain it. Anyway, um, I am way over what I normally do for a show. So I'm going to end it here. Um, you can reach me at sci-fi dig at gmail.com. <laughs>